right, welcome in everyone to the Superflex Super Show. John Hogue, John Hollywood Hogue is not here today. It's going to be me and my my uh, esteemed co-host, Brian Haar. Brian, say hello to our beautiful listeners. What's up, everybody? Brian, I have to congratulate you. We're recording this Monday night, and the Pittsburgh Steelers just got a big victory. Uh, you guys are off the schneid, man. One and three. We are on the board. On the board, yep. That's I'll, I'll take it. It was it was ugly at times, but hey, a win is a win is a win. One and zero in the division. Now, real quick, Brian, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and tell the listeners about another great podcast that they can find: the Dynasty Double Take. The Dynasty Double Take is a quick hitting Dynasty fantasy football debate podcast hosted by Dan Sanyo and Nathan Powell. The Dynasty Double Take provides quick hitting analysis and discussion on a variety of Dynasty fantasy football topics. You can find that at iTunes, Stitchers, Podbean, or you can go to DynastyWeekFootball.com and subscribe to the family of podcasts at DynastyWeekFootball.com to get that great podcast and many other great ones that are on there. So, Brian, now that, we, uh, now that we've told the listeners where they can find that, I've got a question for you about the Steelers. Before we get into our ads drops, what, what do we do with Juju Smith-Schuster? I mean, in Dynasty, obviously, you kind of got to ride that out, right, because its value is going down. But in redraft specifically, what are we doing with Juju Smith-Schuster? Do you have confidence that he's going to be able to to kind of find some chemistry with Mason Rudolph the rest of the year, or or what? Are, are we looking to deal him? What what do you think? Um, I I do ride it out. Is is what I do. I mean, in Dynasty, I'm buying everywhere uh, because I I think that this you know again you got to remember Mason Rudolph is essentially a rookie quarterback. Uh, second start overall tonight. Um, and he had a, he had a nice game tonight. Now, again, Cincinnati, you have to kind of, you wonder, right? Because they're not exactly a world beater on defense, but, um, you know, he, he, he hasn't looked bad in the games, at least, at least to me. So, um, I think that over the course of this season, Juju, they'll, they'll get a chemistry going. Um, James Washington got zero passes tonight, by the way. I know everybody assumes that Mason Rudolph is just going to throw the ball to James Washington all the time because they went to the same college. He had zero passes tonight, <laughs> got zero passes tonight. So um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, Juju is, is to me, Juju is a top five wide receiver in talent. Um, the situation right now is a little bit tough uh, with a young quarterback who is, is only starting his second game, uh, tonight um you know so but but i do think he bounces back from this dynasty for sure um redraft you're not probably going to get the numbers that you anticipated getting from him um you know when you drafted him at the beginning of the season but i still think he's going to get better with rudolph uh the more that they play together um and 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 teams are going to continue to take the running game away from this team so um, you know, it, the opportunity I think is going to be there. Yeah, it was interesting. We saw in this game, it wasn't just the running game per se. It was the running backs in the passing game. I mean, um, James Conner and Jalen Samuels both targeted eight times, both made, made eight, eight receptions. Um, so, so they were perfect with their targets. Uh, James Conner, 83 yards and a touch touchdown. And then Jalen Samuels for 57 yards, a lot of one of the uh, the production went to the running backs out of the backfield. So it is interesting. Deontay Johnson did have six grabs on six targets for 77 yards and a touchdown. Um, he did have a costly fumble, though, 
early. It didn't, it didn't end up costing them much. It cost them the only field goal they gave up. But at the time, they were down 3-0, and, uh, and it didn't look good. Um, but Juju Smith-Schuster only targeted four times, three grabs for 15 yards. Um, Brian, I'm trusting in you, man. If you say that that you think that they're going to build some chemistry moving on here, I'm probably going to hold on to them. But I tell you what, I am nervous in redraft having Juju Smith-Schuster. However, his value is probably pretty low right now. Maybe I wait a week or two and see if I can get one big game out of him before I move him. Um, even last week, it was uh, alarming because really the majority of his uh, – of his fantasy points came on that one long touchdown grab, right? Like he, he only had like, I think it was two grabs for five yards at that point. And then he had that, that long touchdown grab. Is that, is that right, Brian? Do you remember that? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. He had two catches for, I think six yards before the 75 yard touchdown uh, that he took up the sideline. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I I believe that's correct. Okay. So yeah, so that's, it's definitely something to monitor moving forward, but, uh, but Brian, I'm, I'm going to listen to you here. I'm not going to overreact. So let's go ahead and go, to our ad drops this week. Very interesting week. It's important that we get this right, Brian, because bye weeks are here. People are going to be looking at these ad drops to try to fill in for some guys that are going to be missing on a bye week. Of course, injuries are mounting up too. Uh, So Brian, why don't you start us out? Who is priority one on the waiver wire? Who are you grabbing over anybody else? Uh, I mean, the, we're talking super flex leagues, so it's got to be the quarterbacks, right? So Chase Daniels to me uh, is is a guy I'm probably targeting uh, at this point. Um, Matt Barkley, I, I know we were talking a little bit uh, before the show about him too. We're not sure what's going to go on with Josh Allen and the concussion protocol, um, but but yeah, I'm looking at Chase Daniel. He's going to get a couple starts here with the Bears. Um, you know, you're probably going to get similar production. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't like Mitchell Trubisky was lighting the world on fire there in Chicago. I mean, he was a game manager, essentially. Uh, and I think that's what they're going to ask Chase Daniels to do as well uh, and let that defense, you know, uh, essentially keep them in the game um, and 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 propel them forward. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm probably putting somewhere in the... <sighs> 10 to 15% range uh, of fab, I, I, I would say, on, on Daniel. I'm not going to pay for him what I would have paid for guys like Gardner Minshew or Mason Rudolph who have long-term seasonal starting potential. I don't think that's the case with Daniels. I think Trubisky will be back in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their buy is coming up here um, in the next week or week or two. Um so I think after the bye, Trubisky will probably return. Uh, he doesn't need surgery. They said if it was on the throwing shoulder, I think it would need surgery. But because it's the non-throwing shoulder, uh, he doesn't he doesn't require surgery on that. So um, hopefully in a couple of weeks, this will be cleaned up for for Trubisky and he'll be back in there. But but yeah, I mean, if you can get a couple starts out of Daniels in a super flex league uh, and you need some QB help, I think he's got to be one of the top priorities this week. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, th- I think that's that's the guy that you want to go get this week. And I, I'm, I'm right in line with you. I think 15% of your fab is probably as high as I'll go. And look, it, it, it's difficult this time of year because, you know, in, in super flex leagues, you've got, like, like we mentioned earlier, you, you have a lot of guys on a buy. And then if you were the Mitchell Trubisky owner, well, now that you lose him for a couple weeks, you know, you might be looking at, you know, hey, I, I can only start one quarterback, you know, this week and maybe even next week, depending on how the buys line up and who you have rostered. So 
I, it's it's interesting. I know that some people are going to be tempted to put more on there, but I just don't think the production is going to be there. This week they play the Raiders. Um, Oakland is, I mean, they're looking pretty decent. They play in London too. Um, you know, typically that's that's a tough travel for offenses. So I don't know how much confidence I would have in Chase Daniels. So I think I think he is the the top priority. I think he's waiver claim number one, and I'm right in line with you about how much um, you should be looking to spend on him of your fab budget. So um, I think I think we're on the same page there. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to a teammate uh, of his, Brian, and a guy who kind of opened my eyes a little bit was Javon Wims. And look, Javon Wims isn't you know it's not he's not a household name, um, but this is a guy who you know last week and, and let's let's put it this way he he's a second teamer for the Chicago Bears at least he was well he he's worked very closely with Chase Daniels that means and so there's some comfort level there. You know, outside of Allen Robinson, the second highest targeted targeted receiver for the Bears offense was Javon Wims last week. He had five five targets. He hauled in four grabs for 56 yards. I know it's a modest point total, but I I, I see bigger things for Javon Wims. I think his role could expand. Um, that Bears offense has been struggling. Uh, they only scored 16 points even last week against the Vikings. I know that there's an argument to be made that, hey, they weren't, weren't planning on their backup quarterback having to come in and to, to run their offense through him. But to be honest with you, he, he may have looked even better than Trubisky did early. Um, so I – Look, I just think Javon Wims is the kind of guy who probably isn't owned in a lot of leagues. He's a guy you could pick up for next to nothing um, for your fab. I'm talking, you know, what what's the lowest that you can bid on a guy? Because that's probably what you can win him in and redraft. And he he might be a sneaky start, you know, for for a few weeks. So um, that bears that bears receiving core has has disappointed outside of Allen Robinson. Anthony Miller really hasn't done much. Taylor Gabriel with the concussion issue, and he is. He's a smaller guy. He's going to, you know, I, I don't know that they want to give him a huge workload because of issues like this. Um, they're still trying to work David Montgomery into that offense. I think when they have to pass, the bigger bodies are going to be uh, are going to be who they target, like Allen Robinson and like Javon Wims. So uh, what do you think, Brian? Is Javon Wims somebody that you would look at? Yeah, yeah, I like that one a lot. And, and like you said, I think it's a guy that, you know, Wims is a guy that people don't have really on the radar um and and you know anthony miller's the big name guy there right as far as a wide as far as a second wide receiver goes i mean you, obviously alan robinson's their their one but um i think everybody assumed that anthony miller was gonna ch- even challenge robinson for that wide receiver one slot in chicago and that has not happened whatsoever so um, yeah, I like this one a lot. I think uh, for me, this is a personal one that I'm going to try to hit after the show here before uh, before everyone gets their claims in. I like that a lot. Yeah, good good deal. Yeah, it, it hurts uh, it hurts me for sure with Anthony Miller. I uh, I definitely had him rostered on a lot a lot of of teams, um, and uh, and his his disappointment has definitely hurt me. Um, and I'm I'm still I'm still rooting for the guy to come through and to you know and to to really be fantasy relevant this year um, and to show what he can do on the field. But right now with the lack of opportunities, it just seems for whatever reason uh, they're, they're looking for something else at that position right now. So maybe Javon Wims is that guy. So uh, Brian, why don't you tell us who's, who's third, who's the next guy after these two that you think, all right, this is a guy that I might be targeting. 
Yeah, the next guy on my list here is is Keyshawn Johnson from the Cardinals. Um, you know, and and it it has mainly to do with the injuries in Arizona. I mean, Christian Kirk, you saw him get rolled up. Uh, has the ankle injury now. Not sure how long he's going to be out, but it didn't look good. So, um, which is very sad. I I I love Christian Kirk. I'm a huge huge Christian Kirk guy. So. Um, that's disappointing, but, uh, and, and then Demir bird is also, he missed this past week's game, uh, and not sure when he's going to be returning either. Um, so, you know, Keyshawn Johnson is a guy who I think first week he had 10 targets, uh, in week one against Detroit. Um, now game script might've had something to do with that. Also, he had caught five of those 10 targets for 46 yards. Um, he's only had six receptions since, um, and, and isn't being targeted as much as he was obviously that first week. But I do think there's increased opportunity um, coming because of these injuries. You know, um, Arizona's throwing the ball a lot. Uh, David Johnson's benefiting from that. Larry Fitzgerald's benefiting from that, obviously. Um, but after those two guys, you know, those are the two main weapons in that offense. Uh, and after, after them, Christian Kirk being out, Again, Bird being out, I think Keyshawn Johnson um, is going to get you know an opportunity to to play here a lot and and possibly pick up some more uh, targets and receptions. Yeah, I like that too. I, I think that's a very nice call by you. Keyshawn Johnson was a guy who I was very high on uh, coming out of the draft out of Fresno State. I really liked him. I liked his game and how it projected to the NFL. And then he went to Arizona which, I mean, he was like the third receiver they drafted, right? And they already had Kirk, and they already had Fitzgerald. And it was one of those situations where I threw my hands up and just said, I don't know what to make of that mess. So um, now that it's clarifying, it seems like Keyshawn Johnson is a guy that uh, that they want to use, and, and you know, they see his talent, and they're acknowledging it. So like you said, with Christian Kirk struggling with Bird, struggling both with injuries – um, it looks like there may be an expanded role for someone in that offense. Mm-hmm. My bet would be on Keyshawn Johnson too. So I like this one a lot. Um, wh- what do you think as far as fab goes? How much, how much did you think that you would, you'd put on? Um, I mean, I'm probably, I'm probably comfortable putting, I'm probably not going over 10%, honestly, just because of, you know, once those guys return, I mean, what what is the value going to be for him? Um, so I, I don't know that I would spend more than more than ten percent or so on him. Um, but you know, I do think he's worth that. If you're really struggling with receiver help, you know, and 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 need need that, you know, I could see going a little bit more, but I wouldn't go a whole lot more than that. Yeah, I think I'm on board. I, th- I think that's about the the max I would do as well. Um, and that's just because we don't have a lot of clarity on Christian Kurtz injury. It sounds like uh, bird might miss this next week and that might be about it. So, um, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of uh, speculatory adding him, hoping that you can get multiple weeks, but we just don't know with Kirk yet. So because of that uncertainty and because we have to put our claims in, you know, right away before we might have any clarity on that situation, I think, uh, I think 10% is is probably the highest I'd go. So let me close out the ads here, uh, Brian, with a guy that uh, I've been keeping my eye on pretty closely the last few weeks. And I think I'm ready to acknowledge that this guy is going to be a part of this offense. And I, I'm going to say that a guy that a sneaky ad here is going to be Jarius Wright. Look, he, he's kind of been involved a little bit with that Carolina passing offense. 
uh, you know, from the beginning of the season, you kind of saw that uh, Cam would take his shots down the field to Jarius Wright. They would get him the ball in space. It seemed like he was the kind of guy that they wanted to get in, you know, outside of McCaffrey. Um, if they wanted to get a big play, it seemed like they wanted to get him the ball in space. Well, Jarius right now is is starting to see uh, some more targets. And the reason why I think he's starting to see more targets is because Kyle Allen is starting. I think they've worked together. They have a lot of chemistry. Um, you know, this last game, Christian McCaffrey went all Panthers with 10 targets. Chris, uh, Curtis Samuel was seven. Jarius Wright was six. He out-targeted DJ Moore even um, on this offense. He out-targeted Greg Olson. He's getting looks in this offense. He had uh, six targets, five grabs for 59 yards. Um, there, there were no passing touchdowns by the Carolina Panthers, so nobody had any receiving touchdowns. However, again, this is a guy who is getting the looks in this offense. I think Kyle Allen has some some uh, familiar is familiar with him and uh, and definitely is is comfortable throwing the ball to him. Seems like his numbers continue to increase, his opportunities and targets continue to increase. This is a guy who I think I'm going to start looking for, um, you know, as a sneaky ad, as a guy who I can spot start here and there, especially in PPR. I think this is a guy who's going to get targeted uh, more and more um, as the season goes on. So, what do you think about Jarius Wright, Brian? Am I totally am I am I off uh, am I totally off target here? Uh, I don't think you're you're totally off target. I mean, I I do think that you know I, I do think that at best he's probably the fourth to fifth option in this offense. Um, you know, overall, especially the problem that we don't know is how long Cam's going to be out, right? So I think when he comes back, I don't know that Jarius Wright, you know, I think so. So one thing that you have brought up with both of these guys, which I think is a really valid point, and and I don't want people to miss here, is when these backup quarterbacks or, you know, the guys that are coming in for the starters, when their receivers, you know, they're used to working with second team receivers, too. So when they come into the game, their comfort level with those guys is a lot better than it is with the starters because they're not getting as many reps with those guys. And I think that's a really great point, especially for the first couple of games that they play together. I think you see a bump from some of these guys. Um, the, the, the thing we have to, to, to watch and the thing I'm not sure is just how long does that last? You know, does, does Jarius Wright, is it looks like he's going to get some more opportunity. Yes. And I think from that standpoint, I like this move. Um, I just don't know if, if the, if the opportunity in terms of snaps is going to turn into more opportunities in terms of targets. So that's where the question is in my mind for this. I definitely could see it happening. Absolutely. Um, but I do like a lot of the other weapons in this offense too, you know, from a pass catching standpoint, I think Greg Olson only was targeted twice in this game or something, I believe. I, th- I think he had two receptions. It looks like catches. he had four, four targets. Yeah. Four okay. targets. So, so I don't think moving, you know, moving forward, we, I mean, we, we know how big of a part of the offense Greg Olson is too. So that was a shift last week as well. Um, and then they have more and, and Samuels, um, a receiver as well. And of course, Christian McCaffrey, I mean, he's, he's their leading, he's their leading receiver really when we're, you know, not a, not a true receiver, but, um, I mean, he's, he, he's the one that gets a ton of targets here. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely think 
that the chemistry thing is definitely a valid point. And I, I like that. I don't like this one as much as I like whims. Um, but I do, you know, I do think that there's some opportunity for increased target or I, I think there, there he's going to get more snaps, I think here for a couple of weeks and we'll see how he, what he does with them, you know? Well, it's, it's really interesting looking up, uh, looking forward to the next couple of weeks. It looks like this Sunday, Carolina is at home. They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, mm-hmm. To me, what's going to be interesting to monitor is does Jalen Ramsey play? Because if he does, that may take DJ Moore kind of out of the equation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. Jalen Ramsey's been really good. And if he shadows DJ Moore, I could see a lot of those targets being funneled to other receivers, which means uh, guys like Curtis Samuel are, are going to be nice plays. And I think Jerry is right, maybe a nice play as well. The next week, the following week, they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we just saw Jared Goff throw, like, what, over 60 times, Mm -hmm. 60 pass attempts in that game. Two wide receivers were targeted over 15 times uh, or or 15 times exactly in that game with Robert Woods and Cooper Cubs. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I don't – I think if you are buying them, it's short-term. If you are looking for anything for – for the next couple of weeks, you're taking a gamble on them and you're hoping that the, the situation plays out right. Get it right. Um, you're hoping <laughs> that, the, that the situation plays out right and that you can, uh, that he'll be usable and he'll be fantasy relevant these next couple of weeks. So um, yeah, I, I, I share in some of your, uh, some of your, uh, you know, guarded uh, optimism that, you know, Hey, what's, what's, he's, he's never going to be one of the top targets there. And I, I do agree with that as well. So um Let's go to the drops, Brian. Let's go to, I mean, you're adding all these players, but who are you dropping? You got to drop somebody. Uh, if, if you're going to add some of these guys, if you're going to win them on the waiver wire, who are you dropping? Who's your first drop, Brian? Yeah. So, um, so the player that comes to mind for me when it comes to drops right now is I would, boy, I mean, it hurts because of what he's done for some of my rosters in the past, but I'm dropping Jordan Reed. I don't I mean Jordan Reed when he is on the field historically has been pretty darn good at tight at the tight end position but he cannot stay healthy. He can, he just can't. I mean he can't stay healthy seven concussions now. Um you know I I know this last you know there were reports when he got this last one here that it might end his career. Uh, Gruden comes out and says no we're expecting him back this year and that's great. I hope he does come back. But I'm not counting on Jordan Reed anymore as as far as you know we I John and I talked last week about how the tight end position is kind of shifting and changing and how all of a sudden there's a lot of options at the tight end position even after those top you know that top tier that we're used to hearing about in in Kelsey Ertz and and Kittle um you know you got Austin Hooper you got Mark Andrews you got the the you know Evan Ingram and Joku Howard which those guys, you know, we're, we're not going to get into that tonight, but um, there's just, there's, there seems to be a lot more options um, at the tight end position. And I think that, you know, Reed, it, look, I'm not saying if you have a roster spot that you can waste, <laughs> and I mean, waste it on them, that's fine. But I, I just think if, if you need one of these other guys, if you need a quarterback in a super flex league, if you need a player, you know, some production at the wide receiver position for a couple of weeks, I think I'm comfortable dropping Jordan Reed for some of these guys, um, you know, to, to get the production, especially, I mean, he's going to be out for several weeks. We don't know exactly how long, but he's going to be out several weeks. 
And if he comes back, who knows if he's going to be right? I mean, seven concussions. You know, I I, I just I, I'm not confident rostering Jordan Reed anymore. So I would be I would be comfortable personally dropping him at this point. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And our, our own Ethan Turner has been very on top of this from the get-go. He has, he has said from the beginning here that Jordan Reed may end up, this may end up ending his career. Um, and, you know, it's it's very interesting monitoring, uh, you know, kind of what's going on with him. And, I you know, I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah, I, I really like Jordan Reed as a player, um, and I, I feel kind of the same way you do, Brian. He's been on uh, several of my rosters in the past, and he's helped me to, to championships. So I, I really, uh, you know, in that aspect, I, I really enjoyed watching him play and, you know, watching him when he was fully healthy. However, on the other hand, I almost just kind of want to see him retire because I, at this point, I mean, man, if he, if he suffers another one or if he gets hurt, I mean, what, what what's, what's next, you know, like, I, I don't know that I want to see it to be honest with you. So I almost, I, I almost hope that this is it. I almost hope that Jordan Reed says, you know what, man, it's time to walk away and, uh, and walks away while he still has, you know, some of his capabilities and he's not, you know, jeopardizing his long-term career anymore or his long-term, uh, you know, life expectancy anymore than maybe he already has, um, as harsh as that might be. But, um, I I'm with you. I definitely think he's a drop. Uh, another guy that I, I'm, I'm, I'm dropping Brian is a guy that I, I'm shocked that I still see him rostered. Look, we didn't know what to make of the Jacksonville wide receivers this year. Right. I mean, we knew, I, I think a lot of people were on DD Westbrook. And then after that, it was just kind of a, okay, who do you believe in that's still there type thing, you know? And Keelan Cole was a guy who I think a lot of people kind of, kind of saw, you know, have success there every once in a while and, and, and they picked him up. But I mean, this is a guy who just, I mean, redraft dynasty, whatever he's droppable. He, he really is. Um, I don't see him being fantasy relevant at all this year. It would take a total team change, a total change of venue and a coaching staff that really believes in him for, for him to get another opportunity like he had a couple of years ago in Jacksonville. So for me, this is a guy that's an easy drop. Um, I'm shocked to see him on so many dynasty rosters redraft, probably not as many, but this is a little bit more dynasty geared. At least this drop is, um, I know normally we kind of, kind of stick to redraft for the most part on this, but I just kind of wanted to go to, go to dynasty and say, Hey, look, if you have Keelan Cole and pretty much any, um, any type of, uh, any type of league format, whether it's dynasty or whether it's uh, redraft, I, I think you can, you can cut bait with them. What do you, what do you, uh, what do you feel on Keelan Cole? Do you think he's still rosterable even in dynasty? Uh, at this point, no, I don't. I mean, one target, one catch on the year. So, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think, I mean, if you need space, you drop him. I mean, he's, you drop him anyways at this point. I mean, he's not getting any work in that offense. You know, it's, it's definitely frustrating, you know, a guy that, that has uh, 750 yards receiving two years ago, you know, and I think as a 24 year old, so I think they, there was some, there was definitely some optimism around him and he kind of came out of nowhere too. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you at this point, you know, last year was not a good year either. Um, and, and then this year he's, I mean, again, one target in four games. So yeah, at this point, I think Keelan Cole is definitely droppable. Uh, and I, how that's an easy transition for me because I got another uh, wide receiver that's uh, pretty droppable in my opinion, and that's Brashad Perriman. Um, this is a first round draft pick by the Baltimore Ravens in 2015, who basically has done nothing in the league. Um, he had some injury issues early, 
Um, you know, he's with uh, Tampa now, and he is playing there, uh, but he's not getting targeted very much. Uh, I think he has 12 targets through two, through four games, rather, um, three catches, uh, and just, you know, the, the, that offense is, it's going to be the Chris Godwin and the Mike Evans show. And I don't think there's really a lot of other pass catchers in that offense that I'm really excited about. I mean, I, I would say OJ Howard, if they would ever use the tight end there. Um, but you know, I I'm, I'm not interested in, in many of the other pass catchers in that offense. Um, I don't, I, I think the days of the third wide receiver in that offense with Adam Humphreys or whatever, is you know that's that's over that Brashad Perriman hasn't really done much anywhere he's been um he, he actually looked half decent in Cleveland um for a little while and it seemed like it might be clicking there but um he's just a guy that's clogging rosters at this point I don't think you're ever gonna really get anything I mean you're you're playing a lottery ticket if you're starting him in your in your lineup at all so um I think he's definitely droppable at this point yeah, I agree with you, and it, it hurts to say because I, I remember watching his dad, uh, Denzel Perriman, for for the Detroit Lions uh, line up opposite Herman Moore and really have some really good games um, in that Wayne Font offense. So it, uh, it it hurts to to see him not succeed because I was such a fan of uh, watching his his dad. I always liked um, I always liked uh, watching his dad play. He was uh, he was a really good wide receiver. So I, I kind of wanted to see see it work out for him, you know, see the uh, the next generation guy come in and do the same thing. But I I think at this point, um, you know, we've seen enough. He's been on a few different rosters, can't make it work. And at this point, you know, it's just all right. It's your third, it's your third team, and it I think his third it might even be his fourth, but I know three for sure with Baltimore, Cleveland, and now Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, if you can't make it work now, I think I think it's time to cut bait. Um, I'm going to go into my last guy, Brian, our last drop here. This one hurts me on a level that uh, that I, I'm sure you know this <laughs> level, but it I, I want you to know it hurts. It, it cuts deep. It cuts deep because this is a guy who I was so excited for last year. I mean, training camp opened and all the positive news. Man, I was ready. I was ready for this guy, and he gets hurt, and he's out for the year, and I'm devastated. And then this year, I thought, man, this is the year. They're talking him up again, even though they drafted a receiver high. And this week, T.Y. Hilton misses the game, and you think, man, this is the game for Deion Kane. This is the game that he is going to get on the field, and he's going to make it happen. And... This was the game that Deion Kane just just finally I was finally uh, have to, having to admit that I don't think it's going to happen for Deion Kane. I mean, if he couldn't do it in this in this game, I mean, Zach Pascal had seven targets, um, Charles Rogers had six targets, Ebron Hines Campbell had eight, Deion Kane had five targets, no receptions, not one catch on five targets. He put up a goose egg. I, I I don't think it's going to happen for him. And so I think at this point, if he's on your roster, if you picked him up, even if you picked him up last week for a one-week play, you know, thought that, you know, hey, T.Y. is going to miss the game, maybe against Oakland, he can find the end zone. Um, it, you can drop him now because if he couldn't make it work in that matchup, I have very little confidence that he's, he's going to be able to make it work um, there in Indy. There's just too many guys that they obviously view in front of him, um, guys like Pascal Rogers, Paris Campbell, who they drafted highly. 
Um, and you know, when TY comes back, they've also got two tight ends. They like to run out there. It's just, there's just too many mouths to feed on that offense. And for whatever reason, I'm not sure what it is, but for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like he's getting it going there in Indy. Um, so I think he's, he's droppable as much as I hate to admit it, Brian. Yeah, I think you're right there. Um, just, just a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. Like you said, um, I, I'm sad about this one too. You know, I watched him with, with Watson at Clemson there and, and, um, you know, it, it, it looked good for a while. You know, I, I thought I thought he looked good in the preseason, his rookie season. And then, like you said, the injury kind of threw him off track. Um, you know, you hate to you hate to say that these guys, when they're 23 years old, are cuttable, especially in dynasty leagues. But there's just some guys you look at and you can tell it's just not going to happen, at least as as it's currently, you know, at least as it sits currently with our current situation and team makeup and all of that. So if he gets moved somewhere that, you know, you know, maybe, maybe he'll get another opportunity, but right now with the Colts, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think that he's um, really worth wasting a roster spot on. Awesome. All right, Brian, let me go ahead and, and uh, throw it to a read for the, uh, our, our, our host, the FF mercenaries. A goal without a plan is just a wish. So stop wishing and start planning for your fantasy championship with the FF Mercenaries. Fantasy football mercenaries love it when a plan comes together. And this A-team of fantasy football minds is here to help you map out your path to fantasy glory. Whether you're looking for draft strategy during and throughout your draft, dynasty roster uh, consultations, in-season support, alternate scoring navigation, or DFS expertise, the Mercs are here to help you develop and execute the strategy that will help you destroy your league. So sign up now for your one-on-one consultation with a special strategic specialist for your unique and specific needs. Visit ffmercs.com and use the promo code SUPERFLEXSHOW for 10% off your first consultation. That's right. That promo code is SUPERFLEXSHOW, all one word, at ffmercs.com, where winning is the only option. All right, Brian. So let's get to our buys here. And I, I want your buy. This is this is a player that is owned in a majority of leagues, okay? That you you think now is the time to buy. That after after what you've seen, or maybe it's a buy low, or maybe it's a guy who's really breaking out that you're willing to pay the price for. Who is the guy that you're gonna go buy right now? Uh yeah, so this one's probably going to surprise a lot of people. Um, but I'm buying Cortland Sutton. Um Ooh, okay. So so here's the thing. The Broncos aren't that good, um, which means they're probably going to be playing from behind a lot. Um, Now, I'm not overly excited about the quarterbacks, and that's why I actually kind of think that this might be a buy opportunity for Cortland Sutton. Look, this kid's flashed for me. I mean, when I watch him play and I watch him, you know, run routes, high point footballs. He's a weapon. He's really good. I think Cortland Sutton is flying under the radar right now because he's on an 0-4 team with quarterbacks who inspire little to no confidence, if we're being honest. Um, you know, and 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 the other thing is Emmanuel Sanders has been pretty good this year too. So I th- I just think this is an opportunity to buy Cortland's look, here's here's the bottom line too. 
I don't think the Broncos are. I really believe that the Broncos are going to take the John Hogue approach and they will draft quarterbacks until they find the right one. Oh, so, they found the right one. They have found the right one. I just want to let you know they have found it. They just they, they got to be patient till he's healthy and then they can play him and then they'll show everyone. Hey, that's the same kind of size I was hearing when I was saying Daniel Jones <laughs> was going to be that guy. OK, so I'm not as convinced on on Drew Locke as as you seem to be or as we both were on Daniel Jones. Um, however, and, 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 and for the record, you definitely were a bigger cheerleader than I was on Jones. So I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to steal that thunder because hey, you, as long you as were, we were both on the bandwagon. Were, we were in the were, minority, Brian, we were we, in the minority. We, we definitely were, but you were at, at the, you were driving the bus. So I, I will give you that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that Drew Locke is the answer, uh, but I don't think it can be a whole lot worse really. Um, and, and, and Cortland Sutton, young wide receiver, I just, he's just he's a stud to me. I mean, when I look at this guy play and watch him play, he looks like a superstar wide receiver in this league to me. I think it's just a matter of getting, you know, Demarius Thomas looked a lot like Cortland Sutton looks right now when he was playing with Tim Tebow. And then Peyton Manning happened. So I'm not saying there's a Peyton Manning coming, but even if we get somebody in between Tebow and Peyton Manning, I think that's good news for Cortland Sutton. And I think mm -hmm. he will show that he is a pretty darn good wide receiver in this league. I like that, Brian. I like that a lot. I think that's, that's a solid strategy by you going to grab a guy like Cortland Sutton, who you think his value is just going to increase, you know, so get him now. You've seen enough now knowing, you know, knowing what you know, um, you've seen enough now from him to, to be sold on him. So go get him now. I like that. And you're right. The quarterback position, it, it, it's not going to get much worse. I mean, no offense to Joe Flacco. He's been okay. His, you know, the numbers would show you he's, he's okay, but we know who Joe Flacco is. We've seen him for years. He's okay. That's what he is. And so I think, you know, if, if you're going to take shots at quarterback, like John has always said, and I've always agreed with him, you, you know, th there's no need to stop taking shots at quarterback, whether you think Jake Locke or I'm sorry, Drew Locke, whether Drew Locke is, is the answer or not. If you don't find out this year, go ahead and draft quarterback next year. It's just, I, I almost felt like Arizona was so close to nailing it because they drafted Kyler Murray, which is great, but they gave up Josh Rosen. Why? You know, like just, just increase your odds on finding that guy. Just, just have as many of them as you can. And I feel like that's, that's not a bad strategy. So if Denver is drafting highly, which it kind of looks like now they might be uh, starting out what Oh, and four, um, it looks like they might be in line to be drafting highly. I would not, um, I would not rule out them drafting a quarterback, whether or not they, uh, they like what they see with Drew Locke at that point or not. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. My my player to 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 buy right now. Um, a guy who's who's owned in most leagues, but if you're going to go out, you're going to have to pay for him. A guy that I am buying right now is a guy who my our our quarterback Brian Danny Dimes <laughs> is throwing to, and that is Sterling Shepard, dude. Sterling Shepard is just so I he's such a. a, a this is the kind of guy I want to cheer for, right? Like you, you think about all the BS with Odell Beckham when he was there and you, you know, and yeah, I'm a Browns fan. So yes, I know I'm all about the Odell Beckham, uh, you know, what comes with Odell Beckham, but you know, you, you just all the drama that, that kind of, you know, surrounded him 
you know, whether or not he was playing and all, you know, just everything, the whole circus that was in New York. Guess who it wasn't around? It was never around Sterling Shepard. That guy just showed up. He did his job. He got his numbers and he was happy. Um, you know, when that opportunity came, when when Beckham went down or Beckham wasn't in, Sterling Shepard shined. He He, you know, his numbers went up. He played better. Well, guess what? This year, he now has a quarterback that is targeting him, and he is making it look easy. Sterling Shepard's a great receiver. I think a lot of people forget how good he was and how high people were on him when he came out of Oklahoma. I mean, this is a guy that we really liked. He went to New York. He played with Eli, and that kind of killed his fantasy uh, relevance. And, and, you know, it wasn't that Eli was totally terrible because I think we know that that's not always the case. Eli has his games, and he has his moments where he looks fine. But it, it just never it never seemed like Sterling Shepard was going to be one of his guys, one of the guys that he was going to target heavily. That seems different with Daniel Jones. It just does when you actually look at the numbers and you look at what he's doing. Um, you know, you just see, you know, you, you, you kind of see it on the field, too. You can kind of watch and see that Sterling Shepard's there. I mean, he was the most targeted receiver last game. He had nine targets. He turned that into seven grabs for 76 yards Had a very solid game, especially in PPR where you can where you can count, you know, hey, seven, seven receptions is not bad, especially for 76 yards. And then the game before that, once once uh, Daniel Jones came in, you saw it. I mean, he had nine targets. He turned that into seven grabs for 100 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he, he just he's getting it done with Daniel Jones. I think there's some chemistry there already. And I, I'm, I'm willing to buy Sterling Shepard. This is a guy who's still young, still in his prime. He's ready to go. And I think uh, there's something special there with him and Daniel Jones, I think, moving forward. I really like the chemistry that's building there, so I'm buying him. Yeah, I I think first of all, I, I like Shepard as well. I I think he's definitely a buy candidate right now. I, I it's funny how the injection of a new quarterback and, and we just got done talking about Cortland Sutton and hope and a little bit hopeful that ha- that happens moving forward here, whether it's Drew Locke or whether it's another quarterback that they draft. But uh, you know, you look at this offense and how different they've been since Daniel Jones was injected into the offense. You know, and and all of these guys, I mean, really have have, you know, Ingram and, you know, Barkley only played half a quarter with him, essentially. Um, well, I guess he had half the, first, the the game before. But I mean, you get Barkley back in this offense, too. I mean, you're you're talking about a lot of explosive players. And I think Shepard definitely is obviously the top option in the passing game. Even with Evan Ingram in there, I, I still think Shepard is the guy that is is going to be. He's going to consist. His consistency is going to be better than Evan Ingram's. I think Evan Ingram is going to have huge games, but I think that Shepard's consistency is going to be better. Um, so yeah, I like that as well. I like the New York Giants offense the way it's looking right now. I really do, I, and especially you know, I think I don't like the defense per se. So I think. They're going to be in a lot of games where they're going to have to put up a lot of points, and that's going to benefit all of these guys, including Sterling Shepard. So I'm with you on him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I think you you brought up some some great points, but I think one that I I want to bring up too is look the, this the target share here is is pretty narrow. I mean, they don't have a large base that they like to spread the ball around to. I mean, they they have talent, and and like you said, when Saquon comes back. I mean, there's you're going to have Saquon, you're going to have Evan Ingram, you're going to have Sterling Shepard. Those guys are all playmakers, which is enough, but they just don't have, I mean, Golden Tate coming back. We'll kind of see how he fits. That could be an interesting dynamic here. But other than that, I mean, they, they don't have any depth as far as, you know, there's there's not a third wide receiver that you really worry about taking targets. There's not 
um, you know, a second tight end like there is on some teams. I mean, it's just kind of, you know, who's going to contribute week in and week out almost. And, uh, and I kind of like that. I like knowing <clears throat> what I can expect from a guy, even if their ceiling is, uh, is, is maybe a little limited. I don't think Sterling Shepard is ever going to have that monster, you know, game like, Mike Evans did where he had three touchdowns and 189 yards or something crazy at halftime. I don't think you see that from Sterling Shepard, but I think if you can count on, you know, anywhere between 60 and hundred yards and a score here and there, um, you're going to be really happy with that as your wide receiver too. At least I would be. So, um, Brian, let's move on to ourselves. Who are you getting rid of guys that are owned in most leagues that you think now is the time sell them, get what you can cash out. Um, because you're going to, you're going to get them at a, at a, at a premium, you're going to get a premium for them. Yeah, so this one jumps off the screen to me uh, based on Thursday night's performance, and it's it's Jordan Howard. Um, you know, 15 rushes, 87 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. He had three catches for 28 yards and a touchdown through the air. Um, you know, I don't think – I mean, the thing that gets missed in, in that game, too, is Miles Sanders – looked awesome as well he just didn't score the touchdowns so uh, you know I, I i don't think i think there's a window here where people might have shifted their brain to oh jordan howard's going to be the guy in philadelphia and philadelphia is a decent team and they're gonna you know he, he's gonna be the guy there that ain't gonna happen moving forward i mean he he might it might take several weeks here but eventually, Jordan Howard is going to be passed on the depth chart by Miles Sanders. Jordan Howard just had a huge game. <laughs> okay, so I, I heard you say that it might take several weeks. So let me ask you, are you, are you doing this in redraft and in, in Dynasty? Are you, are you trying to, to move Jordan Howard in both? I am. I am. Okay. Because, so I think the... So they have the Jets, the Vikings, and the Dallas Cowboys in the next three games. Two of the three of those defenses are pretty darn good. Um, the Jets, uh, I mean, they're not the worst defense in the league, but they're not great either. So I, I would I wouldn't necessarily be concerned about next week. But here's the thing: I don't think Jordan Howard scored. Jordan Howard, boy. I, I almost made a really, really bold statement there. <laughs> uh -oh. um, I, I almost said Jordan Howard might not score three touchdowns the rest of the season. I think he oh. might because he's bigger, dude. He's a bigger dude. Um, I don't think he's – I think it will, it will shock me if he scores multiple touchdowns in a game moving forward this season. And I don't I, – and, and again, I think the more – I think I just it's it's so this is twofold for me. Right. So part of it is I don't trust Jordan Howard. And part of it is that I do trust Miles Sanders. Like I, I just think Miles Sanders is going to be the start, starting running back in Philadelphia moving forward, period. I don't think it's going to be. I mean, he's going to be even if there's a share, a timeshare, he's going to be the J.H.I.E. as they ran that system for a couple of years. You know what I mean? Like he's going to get 60 to 65% of the work. All so right. yeah. I, I just think, I just think it's an opportunity to sell Howard. I Jordan Howard hasn't had a game like this in a long time. Uh, you dung messed up now, B Rye. All right. Because <laughs> you, you, first of all, first of all, okay. I'm just going to let you know you're the, you, if we're ever on a podcast together, 
and Jordan Howard is brought up, you will refer to him as the bulldozer or the dozer at the very least. Okay. <laughs> okay. Se- second of all, I, I'm buying him, man. I'm buying him in redraft. Now, in, in Dynasty, it's a total different story. I agree with you. I think Miles Sanders is the more talented back, and he's going to take over that backfield. But when I look at the way this Eagles offense is constructed, man, they need some physicality. I think they need that balance, and Jordan Howard kind of gives them that balance. He gives them that presence that could run hard inside. He's going to, you know, it, it might even be three three yards and a cloud of dust type thing where they're just running it up the middle, just plow forward, get whatever you can, and that that is what it is. But whatever you can do to bring that defense in, especially towards the middle of the line, I think it's going to help them. Um, I, I really do. I think what he brings, that physicality and being able to wear defenses down later in the game, I think is huge. So I, I, I still think that Jordan Howard has a role on this team this year, and I, I'm not a, a believer in Jordan Howard. I don't believe in his talent. But I do think that this, just the fit on this offense, I th- I think that's what they need. I really do. I think, uh, you know, you made several good points. Miles Sanders is the more talented back. Miles Sanders, to me, is the bigger playmaker of the two. And Miles Sanders is going to be, at the starting of next, the beginning of next year, the latest, he's going to be the starting running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I, I think that's, that's, I think the writing's on the wall there. I think that's, that's where they want to head, okay? But I think this season... They need that. They they need that presence that uh, that Jordan Howard gives them. I think he's going to be the goal line back, and I think that has value, standalone value, if he can score touchdowns. So, I I still think Jordan Howard has enough of a role that I'm I'm keeping him. I don't know that I'm selling him just yet. Um, no, yeah. you 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 got a rebuttal? Any anything you wanna you wanna say uh, on behalf of your uh, sell Jordan Howard comment that was ill advised? Uh, I mean, just again, I just, I don't trust the bulldozer. I mean, I, I would rather, I would rather drive a pickup (laughs) truck or a, you know, a sports car or something, not, not the bulldozer, uh, as far as relying on fantasy production. So, I, so here's the thing I will say about Jordan (laughs) Howard. I think his, uh, over the first several years of his career here, I think he's been an underrated or undervalued fantasy asset for sure. I mean, I've been on that train for a while. I just don't, I just don't like the situation in Phil. I, I guess that's where we differ because you do, you kind of are looking at the situation this season, thinking it's actually a pretty good situation for him. I'm, I just don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it could be if if they continue to use him the way they used him Thursday night, and he continues to be productive then so be it. And, and I will be incorrect. I just don't think that they're going to continue using him that way. So, you know, so where is he next year is the question <laughs> or, or moving forward? Because again, I think, I mean, you even agreed with, with the Miles Sanders part of that. We, we, we kind of think that Miles Sanders is probably going to be the guy there as early as next season. So if that's the case, then Jordan Howard's back in the same slot he was last season looking around going, where can I, I mean, where, where's he going to go? You know, as a fantasy owner, where's Mm -hmm. Jordan Howard going to go? What situation can he go to that is going to be better than the one that he's in, in Philadelphia? If they're using him the way that they currently have used him or, or used him on Thursday night. I mean, if we're talking about Jordan Howard, excuse me, if we're talking about the bulldozer prior Mm -hmm. to this past Thursday night, I mean, it's not really 
awe-inspiring, right? But but then he mm-hmm. comes out and he tears the. I mean, he tears it up. He was awesome Thursday night, and he looked awesome. It wasn't like the stats were there, but it was like, you know, it, there was nothing cheap about what he did Thursday night. He mm-hmm. he was the bulldozer. I mean, he ran hard, looked good, um, looked fresh. You know, so we'll see if that continues. I don't have a ton of confidence that that will continue because for for a couple of reasons again opportunity and i just i just don't trust them i just don't trust them I, I i understand that i understand that i wouldn't trust him more than this year uh, i can tell you that much so if i'm getting him i'm not worried about where he's going next year i'm um, i'm doing it for this year and this year only um so i'll i'll give you that i'll tell you that i'm i'm i would not be buying him if i had to rely on him for more than this season um so that's that's my first thing. My second thing is that he did that against a good defense. That's why I'm not too worried about some of the matchups he's got coming up because that Green Bay defense was really solid coming into that game against Philadelphia and Jordan Howard really tore them up. So um, to me, that bodes well when I see him doing that against a good defense. I, you know, I kind of wonder what's going to happen when he plays the Giants, you know, <laughs> what's going to happen when he plays the Redskins, you know, I, like it just seems like those are, those are matchups that, you know, I, I want Jordan Howard on my team. And so, um, all right, we, we've spent way too much time talking about the bulldozer. So let's go <laughs> Let's go to my guy and the guy that I am selling right now. And I'm telling you, if you're listening to this and you have him, I want you to run. Don't walk. Don't, don't briskly walk. Don't power walk. I want you to run to the nearest computer, the nearest device that you have internet on that you can access your team. If you own this player, trade him now because his value is going to be at at its peak, and he is not going to do this again. Trade Jameis Winston right now. Look, I love his targets. I, I I think that's the only reason why he puts up some of these games that he does with Chris Godwin and with Mike Evans, and they have two good tight ends. And you know, it looks like they have a good running back too, which I'm gonna have to pace myself because I could do a whole episode just on uh, on my boy Ronald Jones. But let's 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 move past that. We're talking about Jameis Winston here. Look, he put up a, a stellar performance, one that we didn't expect against the Rams. And and it was it was he looked awesome. But this is the career of Jameis Winston. He is going to put up that awesome matchup and he's going to follow it up with two duds. You know why? Because he was on your bench for that awesome matchup because he hadn't shown anything really before that. So now you're going to start him and then he's going to have those two duds. He is going to frustrate you as a fantasy owner. Just just. Do yourself a favor, rid, get rid of him now, get the value that you can deal him and just move on. Brian, you, you got my back here, right? Yeah, I, I finally do. Um, it's taken me a while to get there. Um, I I've been slow to the, to the party here with, with Jameis Winston, but I do think I'm finally, uh, I'm finally on board. I'm more excited about the weapons, just like you said, around him than I am about him and his performances. So I, I don't think he's a guy you can trust uh, on a week to week basis. So, yeah, I'm with you, too. I think I think it's time uh, to sell Jameis and I'd do it quickly. Beautiful, beautiful. OK, so let's move on, Brian. Our next week this week, we each got two players. We're telling you, pick them up this week because next week they're going to go nuts. And when everyone goes to the waiver wire to try to get them and sees that they're already owned, they're going to be making you the offers because you've already picked them up and you didn't have to pay a premium for them. So, Brian, give me your first guy. Who is the guy that you're adding this week? Because next week, everyone's going to want them. Yeah, so I'm adding Chris Herndon this week. Um, and I'm hoping that I'm not a week too late on this. 
Um, he's so he'll be returning from this the sp- suspension. Excuse me. Um, here coming up this week. Uh, also, Sam Darnold will be returning uh, from his mononucleosis illness. Um, so I, I, I so Herndon was a guy last year that was quietly pretty productive. Um, you know, he, he was, he was targeted a lot by Darnold. Um, and, and he, I mean, he, he put up some pretty nice stat lines, uh, had a little lull in touchdown department in the middle of the season, but, um, finished with four on the year, 39 catches, uh, 502 yards and four touchdowns last year. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I think he's a player that, in this particular offense with this particular quarterback is going to get some opportunities to, especially in the red zone. So, um, you know, again, coming off the suspension, I think he's a guy that you can probably, if you, you probably could have gotten him last week a little bit cheaper um, in, in terms of your fab, but he's a guy that I'd, I would, you know, look to, to go out and get here. Um, before he comes back and starts playing. Cause I think once he starts playing, he's going to probably produce some pretty nice games. Um, so I'd go out and go ahead and get him. I love this. I love this call. It's a great call. Christopher Herndon was a guy who I, I really liked uh, coming into the week last year, you know, out of Miami. And whenever a tight end comes into the week out of Miami, we all kind of have to take notice, right? Because that's traditionally kind of been tight end you, although now it seems to be Iowa, but Miami's produced some very good tight ends over the course of the years. And Christopher Herndon was another guy who had a disappointing year in Miami, um, you know, his senior year. So he, uh, he ended up getting drafted weight by the Jets and the Jets had Jordan Leggett. And at the time, we all kind of thought that Jordan Leggett was going to be that next guy up. You know, we had saw him um, work in, uh, in that Clemson offense. And we thought this, the, this is going to be the guy that's going to be the, the Jets next tight end. And it didn't work out that way. Christopher Herndon as a rookie, you know, really started producing and turning some heads. This is a guy who I like a lot. And the, the best part about him is if you get him now, while you have to worry about, you know, obviously you couldn't couldn't really, I mean, you could roster him, but you couldn't really play him the first few weeks. The best part about him now is that he's already had his bye week. So if you're looking for a guy who can come in and be a bye week replacement, you don't even have to worry about his bye week. It's already gone. It's already in the past. You pick him up, you can play him, and you don't have to worry about, you know, well, when's his bye week? When am I going to have to address this again? You don't have to worry about it. So if you pick up Christopher Herndon, um, this is a guy who can produce. He's shown it. He showed it last year. Um, I think he's going to be a nice part of this offense. And even if, you know, I, I haven't heard much about Sam Darnold. I know um, when I was talking with our, our very own Ethan Turner doing some uh, some injury updates, he he uh, he really brought to the forefront about how, uh, how impactful that injury is and how um, – uh, how it can really affect you as an athlete and it increases, you know, it's, it's kind of um, your spleen is, is swells up. And so it's, it's, it, there's more to it than just a, uh, you know, just kind of a, you're not feeling good type thing. So I didn't know that for athletes. So um, it, it's interesting if he does miss, you know, I think Luke Falk is going to take advantage of having him. And I think this is going to be a guy who sees a lot of targets. So either way, Christopher Herndon's a guy to pick up this week. I like that a lot, Brian. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to move to my next guy, and that's my first guy is Kelvin Harmon. And this is a guy that I think a lot of us in the uh, in the uh, the community were pretty excited uh, for pre-draft, and uh, the combine came and went. And he didn't work out very well at all, and it really sunk his his draft stock. He ended up going to Washington Wade, I believe, in the fifth round or sixth round. But uh, well, he finally saw the field last game, 
And here's the thing. He only had two targets, but they were both by Dwayne Haskins. So once Haskins came in, he saw some targets. Well, again, I've kind of stressed this. Once you start seeing a guy who's worked with somebody and has a comfortability with them, you know, there, there may be something there, especially their first few starts that you really want to get him. So Kelvin, Kelvin Harmon's a guy who I think a lot of people were very excited about at NC State. He showed that he he's excellent at jump balls. He's, um, he's a good wide receiver. I mean, he just kind of lacks a little bit of burst and speed, but I think in this Washington with this Washington team, you know, you have Terry McLaurin, you have Paul Richardson, and that's about it. There is nothing else really. I think they could they could use a third nice pass catching option. A guy like Kelvin Harmon is a guy who can do that. He can also be very relevant in the red zone. So this is a guy who I like. I think he's a sneaky pickup and play, uh, sneaky pickup this week, and he's a guy that you might be able to play moving down the line, depending on what happens in that Washington offense. Eventually, either the coach goes or you know, they, they, they have to make some drastic adjustments and, you know, that might, might affect some guys playing times, especially some of the older veterans, guys like Paul Richardson, guys that we've seen and they know what they can do. Those guys might get pushed to the back of the line and these younger guys might get pushed up. It might be happening sooner rather than later in Washington. So this is a guy who I say, pick up now. You might have to sit on him a week or two, but this is going to be a guy that's going to go off. I think later in the year, I think he's going to be a guy you're happy you have on your roster. Yeah, I like Kel- I like Kelvin Harmon a lot as well. Um, liked him coming out of NC State, and then I got a little bit scared off just because of the draft capital. Um, but but he was a guy that you know I I liked coming into the draft. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I think you know it, it's funny. Some somebody's got to catch the ball in Washington, right? I mean, I don't think Paul Richardson moving forward is going, I mean, he's, he's okay right now, but I think they drafted these young wide receivers because they kind of knew, right? So it's going to be in, in, in my opinion, it's going to be Terry McLaren. It's going to be Trey Quinn and it's going to be Calvin Harmon moving forward. I mean, I think those three, are pretty solidly going to produce in that offense as long as the quarterback can throw them the football. So we'll see what happens with all of that. Um, but yeah, no, I like Kelvin Harmon a lot as well. Yeah, it's interesting. And this this Washington team isn't very good. They're probably going to have to throw the ball a lot. Um, and and you're right. You know, it does depend a lot on on Haskins, a guy who I I'm not as high on as others. Um, so it, it will depend on whether or not he can get them the ball. But like you said, I think. You know, even garbage time counts, and if it's garbage time and they're rushing three and they're, you know, sitting back and keeping everything in front of them, I'll take those gar- garbage time yards from Kelvin Harmon if that's what it takes. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with him. I think that's the guy that you should go grab now. Who is your second guy? Who is who's your last guy, Brian? Here it is. You, you gotta get, you gotta pick a guy right here that you're gonna add that you think, man, next week people are gonna come to the waiver wire and they're really gonna be disappointed when they see him already on my roster. Yeah, so I I went with Dawson Knox here, um, and and for me, I I just think this is a guy that he's showing in in limited opportunity that he's he's going to be somebody to to own in 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 redraft or in dynasty leagues moving forward. There's probably a little bit of concern, I think, and and I don't know if if. Um, if people will, you know, Tyler Croft, I think is, is coming back this week from injury or whatever. Um, or maybe not this week, 
I don't know when he's coming back, to be honest with you. So, um, but but that's uh, Tyler Croft coming back is the only thing that I worry about at all with Austin Knox. But this kid's balling right now. I mean, he made a really nice catch over Pat, uh, Patrick Chung in this New England Buffalo game, <clears throat> um, and he's looked pretty beastly. Like Vance McDonald stiff arming people through the ground, beastly. Uh, in in my opinion here, so he's a guy I think moving forward that um, you know he played at Ole Miss did some really nice things there. Uh, and I think in Buffalo there with Josh Allen, assuming Josh Allen's healthy, uh, I, I think he's going to be a guy that is is increasingly relied on in that offense when they're throwing the football. So I like grabbing Dawson Knox here um, moving forward. I think he's going to be a player that you're going to see a, a major uptick in in usage. Yeah, I, I love this. I love this call, man. I, th- I think this call, I, I don't know if I like this one more than Christopher Herndon or not, but I, I think it's right on par, Brian. I really do. I, every time I watch Dawson Knox, uh, you know, with Buffalo, whenever he gets, like you said, he's had limited opportunity, but here's the thing. When he gets the opportunity, man, he just shines. Not only does he make some really tough catches and some really nice um, you know, nice catches, but he, he also is so physical. He's so hard to, to bring down. He's not going down by the first tackler. He's, he's rumbling his way forward towards the end zone. And, you know, the more I watch him, the more I think, man, why don't they get him the ball more? And I think that's going to happen in Buffalo. I think they're going to see this and go, why aren't we getting him the ball more? Because he's, he's a play playmaker there um, for the bills. And they, they lack that, you know, outside of, uh, you know, when they have Devin Singletary healthy, even though, He's still kind of in a timeshare uh, and they have John Brown outside of that. I don't think that they have a whole lot of playmakers, um, you know, outside of that for Josh Allen to work with. I think Dawson Knox is going to see his role increase and I'm not worried about Tyler Croft. I've seen, I think we've seen Tyler Croft, uh, you know, with Cincinnati and it just, even when Eifert was hurt, it just didn't seem like it was working out for him. Uzama got a lot of the, uh, the play last year. Um, even when Eifert, uh, after Eifert went down, when, when Croft was there and he was healthy, it still was, you know, Uzama. So, um, I, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. I think Dawson Knox has shown enough to stay on the field. He's a young talent. And I think getting him up to speed is just going to help Josh Allen in the future. Um, this team, this team's ready to win now too. I mean, that defense is good enough that they know that if they can score, you know, 17 points, 20 points in an average game, they're, they're going to be in every game. So I think Dawson Knox is an excellent pick here, Brian. I really like it. I think they're going to be, uh, those tight ends are on the field a lot. They, they're in power formation when they do want to run. And so they're, they're in two tight ends anyway. So, you know, play action working off of that. It might work out really well. I, I, I like the call. I really do. Thanks. And they do have a really nice schedule for tight end setting up They're They're at Tennessee this week. Then they have the bye, uh, and then Miami and Philadelphia. And we just saw what Jimmy Graham did to Philadelphia on Thursday night. So I, uh, you know, that, that sets up nicely as well. Yeah, absolutely. It does. That's, that's really good information looking forward. So yeah, something else to, to monitor guy, you know, everyone who's listening, listeners, that's that's gold right there. Brian just kind of broke it down for you. And, you know, now you know what to expect. If you can you can grab this guy now is some really nice matchups moving forward and a guy that we both are very high on. So my last guy, my last ad this week, because next week you're going to want him is little Lil Jordan Humphreys. And this one kind of makes me smile. But look, I, he, here's why. OK, the, the New Orleans Saints. Look, last week against Dallas, it was an ugly game. I mean, they they won 12 to 10. Great. They were at home. Wonderful. Michael Thomas, nine targets. Led everybody in targets. Jared Cook. Let's look at the receivers. Who did they target at wide receiver? Well, Michael Thomas got nine. 
Ted Ginn got five. The only other receiver with a target was Will Jordan Humphreys, which tells me that I think he's in line to be the number three wide receiver there. And look, what have I been preaching on a lot of these wide receivers already? They have chemistry with the backup quarterback who's now starting because, look, when they were playing with the second team, these were guys that they were throwing to. These were guys that they were building chemistry with. I think Will Jordan Humphrey might be one of those guys with Teddy Bridgewater. I think this is a guy who, as this offense starts to evolve and as they start opening it up and letting Teddy Bridgewater throw the ball a little bit more, which they're going to have to do. I mean, they're not going to hold every opponent to 10 points. Eventually, they're going to have to start opening this offense up and throwing the ball. We already know Michael Thomas and Elvin Kamara are going to get theirs, but who else? I don't have a lot of faith that Jordan Hill or even Jared Cook at this point is going to get a ton. Ted Ginn, man, we saw that. I mean, he, he had a he had a pass gleam off his hands that ended up being an interception. I don't know. They're going to love that. Um, but I think he's more of a downfield threat too. And until Teddy Bridgewater improves on that part of his game, I think a lot of this short and intermediate stuff, and that is where little Jordan Humphreys excels. So I think this is a guy who... Look, this is a sneaky play. This is a risky play. But if you have a guy, if, you're, if your rosters are deep and you go, hey, man, I'm, I'm looking for someone that might break through, I think this is a guy that you take notice of because I think the opportunity might be there for him in that New Orleans Saints offense um, as long as Teddy Bridgewater is starting. And guess what? Next week they're at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, hey, if, uh, if Jared Goff threw 64 times against those guys, Teddy Bridgewater might throw 45, 50. And if he does, if that game ends up being an offensive shootout, I think little Jordan Humphreys is going to be okay. I think he's going to put up some numbers. Uh, Brian, tell me I'm absolutely crazy here because I think the majority of the people who are listening are probably about to. Uh, so, so the one thing that I'd like to point out about Lil Jordan is he ain't so Lil. Uh, oh no, six four two thirty. Um, I mean that's a big boy. So yeah, I, I like. I mean, hey, why not? Why not? Traquan Smith's out right now. Um, you know, and yeah, and I do think they're gonna throw the ball a ton in this game against the Bucks. So yeah, I like it. Awesome. Awesome. Why not? So Brian, is there anything else that you got for the, uh, for the, for the lovely listeners that we have here before we sign off? Uh, just happy that the Steelers are on the board in the win column. Uh, sad that Saquon is no, is, is nowhere to be seen right now, uh, because he's injured. I will be very ecstatic when he returns to the field of play because the national football league is a better league when Saquon's in it. So, um, mm-hmm. that's all I've got for you though. Yeah, and and I'll I'll uh, I'll trump that by saying that I was very happy to see forty points put up by my Cleveland Browns against the Baltimore Ravens, and uh, sitting atop that division at two and two is is a good feeling. And I am disappointed, and uh, I don't know really what to do with guys like Juju Smith Schuster and with Joe Mixon. Man, I am uh, I'm struggling there. So I'll be listening to all you guys, to all you guys later in the week tomorrow night. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whenever we're dropping all these. I'm going to be listening to you guys to see what you guys think of some of these players that are struggling. But in the meantime, thank you to everybody who tuned in to listen. And above all else, stay sexy and super flexy.